Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. You can say he's kind of like my twin. Can I say that? Uh, okay, so um, Alan Tao, he's a comedian that I've seen around. Huh? Tao? Tao? Okay. <laughs> Are we going to do a, a remix just of that clip? Alan Tao? Um, <laughs> Hello. Um, it's funny how like Asian parents always give us like white name. Well, I I don't I have a regular Chinese name, right? Like, just a white first name, and we have like super Chinese last name. But anyway, sorry, totally oh. butchered this. Um, we've seen each other at LA open mics. It's a really funny dude. Um, Alan's how everybody? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, everyone? Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so. We're both Chinese, so it's always the first question I ask uh-huh. people from immigrant backgrounds. How did your parents push you into stand-up comedy? Pretty much just uh, rejecting all my dreams and forcing me into things that I hated. So, I mean, comedy, <laughs> I mean, I, I, comedy was one of those things I found with my friend Eric. Like, we were, like, like I was listening to, like, uh, we were listening to Dave Attell, George Carlin, like, Dane mm-hmm. Cook, like, or, like, CDs back in middle school. So it was like a one thing that we would listen and then we would share with other people mm-hmm. and then go from there. But yeah, my parents, they, for, they yeah, everything, I, it's stereotypical. So like, they don't want you to go in the arts. They want you to like learn piano for like the skill, but they don't want you to go in the arts. They just right. want you to try to make the most money or right. be a doctor because that's what the epitome of like, making the most money was right. or the most useful. But yeah, no, it's all about pride of the But then as a result, like I still have that like competitiveness, but I'm also like, I'm also a kind of insecure twat as well. So it combines together and it pushed me towards comedy. So it ins- yeah, my parents instilled me the values by being like very, very harsh immigrants. It gave me the qualities of a, of a proper comedian. So I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. When was like the pushing, the, like the breaking point? I mean, when I've always you're like, I'm going to just do full on comedy. Well, that one, so, like I said, that one's even all my parents, like, that one's, like, because, like, I've always been kind of avoiding my parents, because, like, they always, like, for instance, my dad's always wanted me to take on, like, take on the tours, like, with the legacy, what he's running over there, my mom is overbearing, so that's, that's those are general, like, ch- like, Chinese parent tropes, like, yes. that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> inattentive father, or, like, the, the working, like, absentee father, and then yeah. the overbearing mother, yes, and then, like, <laughs> it combines together for some just extreme anxiety, and also abandonment issues. So, and then it's it's created a nice like this yeah I have like a plethora of material just either from my mom doing shit to me and my dad it's just like explanation of fun stuff like my entire like I have like my like my full name right now Alan Bright Chow like mm-hmm. I have a full bit about that right now just because my dad is like he constructed my name like oh you're the only American born Chinese son I'm gonna name you this with your initials like it's stupid douchey stuff that what the hell <laughs> I just noticed that. Oh my God. Bright is your real middle name? Yes. Yeah. Bright. No, no, this is a funny thing, too. He named himself Bright as well. Wow. I know for a fact because he, 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 yeah. So he came to America to do LEDs, like for his PhD and like studying semiconductors and LEDs. And then, yeah. So then the whole entire joke is supposed to be, oh, great, prestigious guy. And then suddenly he sees a fucking toy commercial. He's like, I'm going to name my son and myself this. (laughs) <laughs> to prove down my legacy. Like, okay, you tacky motherfucker. I was like, cars with my name, Alan Hot Wheels Chow. <laughs> oh my God. Can I just say, for 
Your dad is actually really smart. I'm gonna take his side oh, for a little bit. Oh, very no, you know, you can he can be uh, nerds are smart, but you can still roast them. Uh, it's like you you dweeb. You, know, you think you think you want to name your son? Like, oh cool, man. That's the title. I mean, it's also same dudes. Like, I feel like if you immigrated here to America, it's, it takes a lot of work to like immigrate here from communist yeah. China. Like, yeah. it takes a lot of like you you have to beat out a lot of people. So for him to like make it here and then like name his son he's like i'm like a flag like he's like planting his flag here like i right. get it guys look at my son abc exactly are you the only child nope i have a sister as well and she is doing much better than i yeah she's currently on her way into becoming a dentist at the moment and uh yeah i pretty much call myself a prototype like my parents got all the kinks and I worked out all the bugs out of me and then did the right things with my sister. That's funny. I, I, I find, at least this is my observation, I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like the daughter kind of, you know, listens more to the family. They, they go mm-hmm. more the, the traditional path, you know, and the son kind of like does their, the son is a little bit more integrated into the, the immigrated culture. I mean, you're, you're also expected to go out and help or go out to do what daddy does and try to go after white. And like my mom, for instance, like she's like, man, my sister's definitely nicer to my mom and all that, but I've always had more tumultuous relationship with her. She's always on my ass. So I always try to avoid that. But I mean, I don't know. I've always, I've always been my, my, like, they, they always, I mean, my Chinese household, they prefer, they prefer male. I mean, it's a whole cult, uh, continuing on the legacy and it kind of reflects on the behavior. My sister would sometimes express like a jealousy toward, even though like I'm a dropout, like I'm, I'm doing way worse than her. Like she would like then express jealousy how like, my, like, like our parents like me more just because I have a penis, essentially. So it makes Do sense. Do like you more like, now that you're a comedian? Well, I mean, they, they, they like me more that I'm more stable. That's one good thing about comedy is like it truly has like it's, it's, it's calmed down my mental state. Like before I was a ravaging psycho where like I wasn't being heard. Like I was like, white people, white people, this is my main problem. Because I was, I was being bullied by white people a bunch in like Utah. I was going okay. through a lot of shit that I wasn't able to properly communicate essentially. So, right. But once I reached a point of being able to share it, like, and I was like, oh, these people were fucking me. Oh, what the fuck? I fuck these guys. I'm, I'm actually going to start and being more self-aware in my own bullshit. So, so it's, been a, it's been a growing process. I'm really glad I started this though, but because like, yeah, this definitely, this is like, this is my own version of therapy. And thank goodness I'm kind of funny because it could be one of those depressing people and just go and talk about sad thoughts. And it's not funny at all. That's funny. Um, so you ended up in Utah. Like, can you tell us more about that? Like, you're... I, I, I have this. I, this is like the theory that I've been trying to work on because I haven't really talked to my dad about it. I've been curious why. Like, he literally immigrated out of the most conservative places in the world, yes. and then only to land the most conservative place in Utah. <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense. But I guess there's there's comfort and familiarity in what you're used to. But yeah. It was like there's a there's a larger group of Chinese people in Utah. Actually, there's a small little bubble. A lot of them just it's pretty much for academia, for the university. Only right. reason why they didn't get over there. But I mean, I mean, he he made his mark. It's just like he got gone to school there. He got lucky, and then um, yeah, he studies PhD at University of Utah. Just been expected. But I then I then had to grow up in the whitest part of America. Well, whitest part, I guess. But yeah, I, I got the title before, like, like one of my friends came up to me just like, yeah, a couple of years ago. He's like, Alan, you're the whitest Asian I know. Like, Thank <laughs> you, brother. Thank you. I made it. Dad, you, sh- 
you should be proud of me. This is true assimilation. You know, it's like <laughs> Yale and all those fucking, all those Ivy Leagues. Those are for yuppie Americans. I'm doing yes. real American. Yeah, this is a real American. Real white ones, yes. <laughs> are you Mormon? No, I was uh, pretty much rejected by Mormons. Like I was, yeah, my, since my dad didn't have, like he didn't follow, my mom would want to go to like those Christian, like Chinese churches just to, like for the community wise. But my dad overall, like, yeah, science-based PhD, fucking what, what's this religion, so on and so forth. So he, ne- he never had any interest in that. But, I mean, Mormons would always, like, I would, I would, I, I grew up alongside Mormons, though. Like, I would always want to play with Mormons. But since I was, like, a fat nose-picking, like, kid, like, I would swear them inappropriate times because I didn't know any better. And then, like, they would just then start ostracizing me as a result. And that would like kind of piss me off at the same time. Like, if you guys don't like me, I don't like you either. So fuck you. Right. And, <laughs> and then, then you came to LA. Oh or- no, I, 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 I was one of those. I'm the so out of all the Chinese people in Utah, like pretty much yeah, there's a little community we grew up with. Everybody there did well enough in their college SATs to fucking leave the state and go to another like go another state to go learn and thrive with it. I didn't do as well. I was more of an underachiever. Like I was like one of those purposeful underachievers. Like I, I refuse to be Asian. Oh, Asians are smart. Well, I'm gonna be dumb. Fuck you. I'm gonna do my work. Like it was like that kind of weird self sabotage. Right. So and, uh, where did you end up? I ended up yeah, University of Utah. But I, but then like I stayed afterwards too. So I stayed like I stayed like I only recently came over to LA. So I stayed in Utah until like 28. Oh so, wow. Like I've, 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 tra- I've traveled other places, I've visited other cities, so and so forth, I've been out of the country, but, but yeah, I pretty much out of everybody, I decided to stay in Utah, and then everybody else pretty much left, but yeah, like my sister went to Seattle, most people went to New York, California, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I stayed in them because I could grit my teeth, because I can deal with white people, and I realized, <laughs> oh wait, maybe I'm acting white because it's not natural, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, I just, I'm gonna, because then I will realize that there's a two groups of Asians where, like, I guess multifaceted. Well, where's the fact that there's an Asian side where, like, you you try to assimilate too much to become too white. Yeah. And then there's also the other half where they kind of, like, refuse to assimilate. <laughs> like, right. for instance, my mom, like, she, like, the only reason why I can speak Mandarin Chinese so well, in my opinion, is because, like, she refused to speak, uh, speak English with me, essentially. That makes sense. Like, you want to communicate with mom, you better learn Chinese. Like, no. <laughs> uh, how is your Chinese? It's all right. It's improving. It's like, I, I mean, like, I'm sure you can okay. as well. But then, like, it's like, it's, I, like, I went to China, like, in 2018, Beijing, like, before like, all these shut down. Because I went there to, I was working an internship to go help these uh, Chinese schools uh, recruit English teachers, essentially. Oh, that's a perfect. Little, a little bit of inside of that but like but at that point I learned my Chinese even though I can communicate I can talk about like I can have like regular conversation right when it comes to like a professional level though I sounded just like I sounded so retarded it was bad <laughs> like I didn't like I didn't want it I was like I, thought, I, thought, I, I really felt like I had Down syndrome talking to people in Chinese <laughs> I just didn't remember any sort of technical terms and I felt like an idiot it was bad but no, and then it inspires me to want to work on my Chinese. I mean, do you, do you how? I mean, do you still do anything work on your Chinese at all? Do you like take it in Chinese media like that? Like, I worked as a career coach to help like international students. So like, mm-hmm. yes, I was using it on a professional level, but 
I think I got enough results. Like I got people working at Google and Amazon. So like they didn't question it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they knew my Chinese was like, like you said, like I don't any of the slang. I talk like an old person. Well, I did go to elementary school until like fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So on like a conversational basis, totally okay. More technical stuff, not okay. But mm-hmm. uh, it didn't stop me from, I guess, having like Chinese clients. So I guess it's like, all right. Like if I, if I was any worse, maybe it'll affect it. I don't know. But so far uh credibility is okay but oh absolutely gives a gives some um gives some openings for chinglish as well yeah exactly don't have to remember it i want chinglish to become a thing spanglish can become a thing chinglish can be as well represent yes there's there's enough chinese people in la to to make this happen and actually i i'm how many there actually are quite a few chinese american comedians oh no, absolutely i'll smile it's like eight there's like an influx of Asian comedians coming in. I like watching like Mike Kim complaining about like, I can only be one. Because like used to be a whole entire thing where like the Asian comedians are very scarce. But now they're coming out of the woodwork because we're all learning the language. So I think it's just TikTok. Yeah, where you say, oh, it's okay to do this. And boom, we all like, you know, do the same thing. I think we need to reach critical mass. Mm-hmm. And then boom, we take over the whole thing. Have you, seen, have you seen any of the fucking uh, Chinese stand-up, like Mandarin stand-up? Feng Chao. <laughs> Feng Chao. <laughs> he's so fun. I, that reminds me, I need to invite him on this show because he's so fucking funny. Um, because so I keep, I, I had a joke going because everybody kind of like, they call me because I, I started getting, you to you. Like, oh no, I started getting recognized at the fucking like, because uh, I was doing some funny material, but I like, also like, channel. Channel as well. Then people look at me and say, hey, Feng Chao, you did great. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's, I mean, it, it sounds the same. It's not the same. Because he is very funny. Oh, but you guys look nothing like people get annoyed with him sometimes because like at the time when i start like i was i was doing a bunch of mics with him like i was seeing him in my mics like early okay. february but every single time he would go on there he just start talking shit <laughs> <laughs> like it was like just like you go on there it was he start he still talking material when the material starts bombing he's like well it doesn't matter that i open for bill Barr. <laughs> he just drops that <laughs> the entire mood of the room shifts <laughs> now he's an enemy <laughs> Uh, I just where was the place though I saw him it was just he's just funny in, in oh, regard to pure <laughs> chaos it's it's wild and it's just like there's another two, time too I I got in, I think I got in trouble with Miranda Meadows and this other girl because I I vouched for Fung Chow <laughs> and we were over at uh, Echoes and Picos and we were just chilling there oh that place yeah yeah I yeah, was I'm trying to remember yes yeah. and then uh, so it was a, I forgot I think it was the final show actually shutting it down by Christian Chow. Oh, I remember. That was funny. That was one of the I think it was a guy like Eric Reed who was like like he was like calling a phone chow or something. He was like talking to him and uh, I think like they're like exchanging like usually exchanging credits like what they done on TV and all that shit. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then finally like and then the guy like you want you take your dick out or something like that finally like at that point. And then Feng Chow stood up and pulled out his dick and flashed. Oh my, okay, I wasn't there for that one. Okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> flash in front and then these two girls on the side. I think it was Miranda. Oh my god. Like, oh what the fuck? And I'm just saying, like, it was funny. What are you talking about? This indecency is funny. Can't get mad at him. Um, oh my god. Um okay <laughs> we're gonna have to talk in private about this that's too funny um so let's talk about you because we need to get back on topic do you okay. remember what your first open mic was like oh yes it was terrible it was um my very very first one i don't even count it like when i started because it was like a, a like a 
four months when I officially started going to mics like for the yeah. first time writing material like I was uh, on crutches and I was uh, what were you doing I was uh so that, at that point I tore my ACL for the first time yes I went to a Viking party and then uh they had a lot of need. I got really drunk. And they also had a lot of Martin sword fighting there too. Oh my and god! I was like really weak from like previous years of wrestling and just like not taking care of it. Oh jeez! So, like, sword fighting and then suddenly out of nowhere the guy was like Hatsugiru. like assuming I was Japanese, so I kind of got triggered. I decided to go funny with it. I started doing like a special finishing move, a sort of like Mia Mia Mitsubishi Yamaha Toyota, and jump up. And then when I jumped up and I landed on my knee and it popped. So oh my god. From that point on, I was pretty much on crutches. And then during that manic time, I was like, you know what I'm gonna try? Because my parents don't believe I have a torn ACL. I haven't gotten surgery yet. I'm gonna go do some comedy. <laughs> Going through a breakup, gonna do some comedy. It's gonna be okay. awesome. Go on stage. I, I'm on crutches. I go on there. I I I had this bit about how it was like like a uh, Asian don't raise and black don't crack, but white just might. I think that's why white people are more angry. And then like it just it just kept on flopping. <laughs> it was not good. It was just a solid minute of pain. And then yeah, just just sweating going off and just like realize ah shit ah shit. I feel so embarrassed to be here. Whereas like if I do bad, I don't want to interact with anybody, so I just like left immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a hilarious first time story. So I always feel like the second time is more important than the first time. Because the first time you can just be totally drunk out of it, don't care. What okay. made you want to go back again? So the second time was more fun because that's when I officially count, like when I started. Because uh, so this is like after 2018 when I went to China. Because that's it was after China when I fully decided like I wanted to do comedy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so after that I went back to China again in 2019 after I renewed my passports. And then they I started discovering all the mics over there. Apparently there's a huge scene in Beijing where like yeah. um, at least generally five different mics go in there. I just okay. learned about like, oh, how is this even possible? It's supposed to be freedom of speech. Usually they're talking right. about shit about the government. Like, oh, was the guy who was there. So that, as long as you don't talk shit about the three T's, like uh, Tiananmen, uh, Tibet, or the president. And I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But the then, president uh, is a T? It's the, the president. So that's why I was supposed to be the joke. But, oh okay i'm slow then, sorry uh, sorry continue uh, don't let me yeah, know. Chinese humor. <laughs> but, um, nah, I, I, but then after that it was uh went to the mic for the first time i had a, i just got broken up with by the girl i went uh, pursued over there she didn't want nothing to do with me because she realized that i was i didn't want to stay in china like mm-hmm. i don't want to be american but right. after that like i said you know fuck it whatever i'm here i, I i'm gonna do comedy went up there Met a met a bunch of uh, American expats, like a couple of Vegas people and so and so. They're just they're, they're in China pursuing like half Asian people pursuing like acting careers there because they got the look for it. Because apparently, mm-hmm. if you look white enough, you pretty much are passing in China. It's fucking weird. But and then yeah, and then, half people over there, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, like, I learned look, the half look. Look. I don't know about the personality, but they like that. House. I don't know. You go. It's it's like it's you go, you go there for the imperialism. I feel like white people go there just feel good about themselves because yeah. I mean they're, <laughs> they're pursued there. I mean, I I was I, I thought this was like, hey, I'm second to white people in America. Why? Because I'm in America. And I'm not my own home turf. What are you talking about? I go back to my own home turf. I'm still second <laughs> to white people. What the fuck? But you have the green card, so you do have an advantage. But I it is. Have, it, but these white guys do too. 
Yeah, but I think that you're more acceptable to the family. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. yeah, from a marriage standpoint, you're more acceptable because you're not like so foreign that it's scary. They can communicate with you. <laughs> I love that. So foreign that it's scary. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they look at like more foreign people who are really foreign. They they're intimidated. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like, absolutely. absolutely. I've seen how Chinese people deal with African men. I've seen it. It's all yeah. above, but I mean, it's all. I, I, I hold like other Oh my god, there's there's so many Chinese people are imperialists too now, and um, oh, I know, like everybody. I feel like there's like a path of human, like a, like there's a human path. Yeah, it like is. The, a, the, the the Caucasian race just so happened to get there faster, and they start invading other right. people, like other yeah. other countries. I mean, for instance, like China and all these other Asian countries, like Africa, they're all warring against each other. I guess we're all warring against each other. Yeah, the American, like the, the Brits were pretty much the first ones who just came out with boats, <laughs> started yeah. conquering other places. But I don't know. I've always, there's always been this weird, like, I, I've always been fascinated with history because, of, like, there's always this weird, like, Asian servitude, servitude towards, like, a white people. I've always felt like, I always wondered why. But I realized it's, it's like, it's a, it's a product of the imperialism, actually. It's like, hello, priest. Yes, priest. It's like bowing to the white man who has imprisoned your, your family because of the opium. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. But do you still feel like it's kind of going on there's it's, it's massive now there's uh there's more nuance but the powers that be are still in power that's for sure and that's why I, I like watching like uh either like this like two-party system bicker back and forth because like i just see them as mouthpieces as the rich people here like half the rich people are like the soros level stuff where they want to be more a little progressive control of things newer order shit and you have the more conservative base that are going to tug it back so they don't move too far so we don't destroy ourselves it's a very i mean it's complex it's a complex system but it seems basic so yeah i like it though i, I like the i like the competition but it can get grainy yeah this is interesting i'm i'm feeling validated in a lot of my crazy thoughts no i i, I think it was though i've also learned because these are crazy thoughts this is how do we make these crazy thoughts relatable like yeah. there's there's they have to pertain to the white person experience like but right now <laughs> i mean I feel like my, like my, my reach out to white people is like, I feel like Chinese people are becoming the new white people. And then yeah. what's, what, is, what is the white, the term white supposed to be? It's just supposed to label the most dominant people at the moment, just so they happen to be white people. But at the moment soon, it's gonna be Asian. Like Asian males are apparently making up the most, like Indian males as well, but they're, but they're not considered Asian because they're darker. <laughs> But it's, it's all, it's all, it, all yeah. it all comes in a big bag, and then I, I enjoy it. For instance, I mean, I I used to be very very sensitive about my uh, identity issues. Like, yeah, for, yeah, whenever Eric would bring up China, I would get super defensive about it. But I realized the reason why I was defensive about it is because he was saying really fucking heinous shit. Well, like, because like technically, like he would like he would say like all Chinese people are slaves. All Chinese people are slaves. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so. This- this Tesla-owning Chinese guy who's in China is a slave in comparison to you because he makes more money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's too funny. Just, yeah, it, it, it was just like, because it, it reached the point where I realized, like, he's, this is not ironic anymore. This is all real. What's happened to my buddy? He's not competent anymore. Um. That's pretty funny. You guys have a pretty close relationship uh, to yeah, yeah. conversations like I hope, this. I hope, I hope I can fucking <laughs> um, No shade. This is not a, a drama. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just getting to know people, you know, and I'm not liable for what they say. No, this is funny. Um, but anyways, um, okay, so who would you say are like your 
your uh funny inspiration i can't even talk <laughs> funny inspirations like who, who do you inspirations think? i mean um i first started like I, I i fell in love with george carlin like i just love his observations about society and he's always he always has a night his flow is it's always so like it's so fun all the time like he's just he's un- uncle george uncle uncle george uncle george but don't come here make it laugh he's gonna say some heinous dark stuff but he's always sweet on the inside right right like, but but he'll yeah but that's the thing about like george carlin like even though he said some really dark he said some dark morbid shit but it's always it was oh his character was good his character was light right. Right. so like like even though it was he was a quote-unquote saying evil shit because he was such a light character it, it, it like, like my like inspired me i want to like inspire because of especially in this culture right now we have such pc-ness where people are scared to laugh at things yes. because it might like uh, it might affect one group of people and then you have to deal with their reaction because they haven't gotten psychological psychological help psychiatric help <laughs> but it's all good but then like so then like so now the whole point is how do you wrap uh wrap one of these fucked up thoughts in a nice well-constructed joke where like a nice misdirection where people are like ah, I'm not, oh, oh oh what am I laughing at this mm. like and then ah gotcha bitch and that's my goal but generally after that it was uh, George Carlin discovered like Dave Chappelle yeah. and just the Richard Pryor this is a general class and then became obsessed with comedy as a whole mm-hmm. and then I started listening to um, like the Open Anthony show like it was an old oh, radio show in New York what and, do you uh, think of Oni and Patrice Patrice oh Patrice is you know, I pretty much yeah Patrice is my god. Like yeah. George Carlin is my like he's like my intro to what uh like what I learned like what comedy is mm-hmm. on Patrice's own Patrice O'Neill's like observations about society and just like the, his his takes on race essentially yeah. like he's able to he's he makes it always funny it yeah. always like he's an asshole he's like he grinds yeah. people to a pole he's like toxic and caustic and all, all of the above but <laughs> he's he's funny he yeah. just didn't give a shit but that's that but I like you learn on later on that like that kind of behavior that kind of like even though that's funny he ended up stepping on a bunch of toes and it actually ended up affecting his career so like like using him is like learning like how do you so how can we be like him but fix it a bit not even fix it like because like, his like he was like pure raw funny he's always going for it and always defending like that it was the beautiful aspects of it but there was a level of like he couldn't work with other people was like kind of the thing mm-hmm. so it's sad that he passed away so early because of like all the eating and diabetes in the end, but like having him alive during BLM would have probably been huge. Like, honestly, it would have been a big but, How do you think he would have done like if he were alive now? He would, uh, he would definitely be a more bitter Dave Chappelle character. <laughs> like, you know, because like Dave Chappelle got bitter. But like, the thing is though, when you t- think, listen to Dave Chappelle's story, the shit that he has to deal with every single day, is like, I'm rich, bitch. And people like challenging him just because he's famous. Like, I would go crazy too. Like, I wouldn't blame him. So like, but like Patrice O'Neill, he was like, like you're watching a lot of these like old, like some comedians, like they got, they found middle ground, but they kind of like, not really ignoring it, but they're, they're like this whole, like this, so there is like, we are losing the liberties in the sense where like, we don't have quote unquote, the same freedoms like we did before. I'm just calling like, because everybody's learning English now. We're understanding the fuck of nuances some people say. It's all, good. it's all good. We're learning. We're all learning. And then after that, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's going to evolve even more and better now. Because I, 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 I see it could have gone two different ways. Yes, he was just pretty much an asshole. 
um and even more so because he was in hollywood mm-hmm. but do you think he could have gone like logan paul and just like capitalized on the controversy and gone even no, bigger no. anyone on tiktok you think he wouldn't have been huge patrice would not have done tiktok even like like he would have like he he would have you know he would have said you know, he would definitely rip some of he would actually just he probably have a like honestly he probably have a pretty solid podcast right now honestly yeah, for sure. He would, he would definitely. definitely like whatever Kevin Hart's running, he'd definitely be on that shit. Yeah. But like like yeah, he was really close to Kevin Hart as well. So like yeah. the, the the whole entire thing of Patrice was I mean, was like devastating. But like one of my favorite things, I don't know, you can probably look it up too, like you want to kind of reflect on the nature of like the community he hung out with. Because like uh there's this the YouTube clip, it's the it's, it's the O and A show, it's the day right after uh, yeah, day, day right after uh, Patrice O'Neill died. Mm-hmm. So like there's pretty much you know, you have like a you have Opie, and then you have uh, Ann coming in, and then Jimmy coming in, Jim Norton coming in, like all sad because he lost, just lost his best friend. Yeah. And then suddenly, somebody, somebody else was like Bobby Kelly walks in wearing like a shitty shirt, and then immediately starts shitting on him. <laughs> like five <laughs> seconds of crying, and then 30 seconds of just evil, like, what the fuck are you wearing? Yeah, yeah that's gross. Ah. There's very like, but so I, I always looked up to these like comedians, the New York comedians, because they were always. They're always very rude, like extremely mean to each other, but like funny. Like yeah. there's always like a core, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna roast you right now because you're like, what the hell are you doing? But it's right. always like breaking you down in a funny way. Right. As long as like it's like it's like it's like SNM, honestly. Like if you're yes. you're gonna fucking whip me, at least hug me and kiss me afterwards. Come on. <laughs> Do it right. That's so, funny. Yeah, honestly. you're right. And um, what's your goal for your like future comedy career? I'm just, I want to get my, I want to get a special. I want to, and my ultimate goal is just, to, I don't have to do much in the community. I just want to be respected in it. When you say, so I, I think the word respect is really interesting because like different people have different like definitions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by like respect? In, in this? I guess respect in my terms would just be like, people think I'm funny. People think I'm a, I know the craft. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I mean, I might not be, I'm not sure how involved I will be in the community as much as I, I want to be, but like at the same time, I, I'm striving to be. But I just yeah, I just want to be someone recognizing the community. That's my I, it's very not very high goals. Right, I have my own like I know what I have to do, but at the moment, just like just the goal is like I just want to be recognized right now as one well of somebody who's able to hear and say like, "Yo, it's Alan Child. Oh, I know Alan Child. He's very funny." Like I just I I want to have that kind of like presence. That's a big ass goal to be like a household name. That's not a, like a small goal. I mean, um, it's, it's basic itself, but I mean, I'm, I'm working towards it right now. I mean, I'm going out as many mics as possible, trying to hit it. Just like, like I'm, I'm working on 15 right now, going on to 20, and like hoping it's, hoping it's all properly funny and structured nicely. So I've been like doing more technical stuff in my job. I've been timing out each bit as well, so I can start structuring it too. So they're just yeah, doing headshots properly like taking it on yeah, ever since like ever since i moved out from like Eric and Lila I feel like I've been like inspired to do more now like it's like that one like that one weight that was finally like one shackle that was released like when I was with them like I, I love them they were it was nice to hang out and they're like kind of protecting me in a sense but being under their like wing kind of mm-hmm. like yeah it, it sheltered me from wanting what I wanted to do like they would give me their opinions on the things that wouldn't would be mostly just their opinions and then I wouldn't go out to explore it because I would then take credence in their, mm-hmm. opinion, their opinion so I, I shouldn't have done that I should have explored for myself but that's what I'm doing at the moment and um yeah just enjoying my my fucking path in comedy it's just uh I, I this is yeah I pretty much found the thing that makes me tick and I love it to death and 
yeah, this is the thing that would I would I would yeah, I'll do do it until I die essentially. That's awesome. What's your special gonna be called? I don't know. I think I just might just call it ABC. Like because uh, yeah, that's that's it's so good. It's right there. It's just like a lot. Like my dad literally wrote my jokes for me. Like I can't <laughs> like like he's like I got my I got my work cut out for me. What I, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Right. Is he, are your parents both supportive now or like at least somewhat tolerant? Uh, they're, very, they're, very, they're very supportive from them comparison to what it was before because they finally recognized that this has been very positive for my mental health. Like, because I was a very suicidal individual years before, but now like it's completely like my job ever. Right now it's become a, it was a daily and like weekly thing, but now I want to make it an annual thing and turn it into a holiday, make it festive <laughs> or maybe they, maybe they'll take my life. We'll see, we'll see. Dude, no, you, like, it, it, um, <laughs> I don't know if you're joking or not, but um, what would you say about like mental health and like the the Asian communities? Do you think it's something that should no, be just pretty much what the base is supposed to be? I still I'm looking for help right now, but I haven't found a psychiatrist, like a psychologist to just pretty much that, but I'm actively looking at because I know for a fact. Either you are brave enough to go share all your thoughts with like your loved ones and friends who then you might not exhaust them. That's bravery. But sometimes it's just like darker, even more heavy thoughts. You probably want to pay somebody for it. <laughs> that's generally how I'm thinking. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, I do think really deep, extremely deep sometimes where I get like for another person to try to like, uh, like just like regular conversation it would be like at fucking two o'clock on a Monday thing. Do you ever think about the presence of God and other fucking God in this the universe and how they came about? And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Get, get, get away from me. So, very, uh, very little of that curiosity left these days. And I'm also, yeah, I, I pretty much, I hate this. The, the, the ironic thing is, though, even though I'm doing comedy, I hate to look like a fool. <laughs> it's, just, it's stupid, but like, I, it's like, I, I can't stand looking stupid. So if, like I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to answer a question and then I get it wrong. I'm, you'll never see me raise my hand again. <laughs> you're Maybe you're more Asian than you think you are. Oh, I'm extremely Asian. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just an Asian guy who's trying to be a white guy. It's, it's pretty much what it is. Are you still trying to be white or like? Oh, no. I know. I, I pretty much, I'm just, I'm calling my whiteness happiness. I'm like, I'm like a, I'm trying to, do something about internal racism where like I'm like I, I have internalized racism like I have like a white guy operating this Gundam soup like an Asian guy on the outside it's fucking cool he's in there saying all these racist thoughts against Asian people even though he's Chinese himself do you feel like if you were back in China you we we still have this internalized like we'll racism? probably have a different form of it honestly. yeah maybe a different form because like even though like because I remember Chinese people hate each other that's true like, They'll find another way, like they'll find a way to hate the Cantonese or find another way to start something with the Koreans and say we have kimchi first. Yeah, Pao Thai, nope, it, it wasn't it. it. Was, we would go to nuclear war over that for sure. Oh, um, <laughs> but this is this has been really interesting. Um, how can we uh, find out more about you? What's your socials? What's your handles? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Alan Wright Chow, A L L E N B R I T E C A O. And uh, I'm going to start up a TikTok here real soon, probably on the same tag. And I'm going to be uploading my, uh, my recent uh, stand up clips onto there. I'm also going to be on the Instagram reel. So you can catch my material on there if you, if I'm not a lazy piece of shit soon so hopefully i get that out well thank you so much for being on the show we learned a lot, a lot of fun. thank you for having me
No problem. And everybody follow his Insta, follow his TikTok, and we will see you in the next episode. All right.